Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. And welcome to episode 468 of the Michigan Sports Truth Postgame Edition on Talk Show. Taylor Phillips, Lewis, and Orr. Follow me on Twitter at DT2Phillips. Follow Michigan underscore, follow the Michigan Sports Truth on Twitter at Michigan underscore Truth and like its Facebook page, the Michigan Sports Truth. Tigers get blanked by the Indians 2-0. Corey Kluber with 13 strikeouts in eight innings pitched. Yikes. 157 ERA. Francisco Lariano, six innings pitch, gives up both runs on three hits, three walks, and four strikeouts. It is Bradley Zimmer, the center fielder, delivering a two-run home run in the bottom of the fifth inning. Off of Francisco Liriano. Glad the Tigers go back to their tanking ways here starting tonight. They swept the White Sox going into tonight to improve to four and four. Now they fall back to to under five hundred at four and five. Thankfully, they were ahead of the Indians. Who were four and five? Now they're five and five. The Tigers are ahead of the Indians by a half a game in the American League Central Division standings. That was very concerning against the tanking process and the rebuilding. So where they stand right now, the Tigers, still in third place. They were in second place, as far as, our, as far as I'm concerned. Minnesota Twins lead the AL Comedy Central Division with a 4-3 record. The Tigers were in second place at that time. My God, that's, that, that, that is impossible and it should not happen. But thankfully, with that loss, Tigers uh, dropped back to third place. And that's the ultimate, that's an example of the ultimate punishment for their team owners not caring about the fans, about what the fans think. They're swooning the fan base with, they continue to swoon at least a portion of the fan base, a remaining portion of the fan base. With, with nothing but positivity. While we go to war against that here on the Michigan Sports Truth with the truth, against all that false positivity. 
which is very high, as usual. And the ultimate punishment is the Tigers, Red Wings, and Pistons all tanking. And if that, and if that's worth the risk of the Pistons getting a low draft pick in 2019 starting then, so be it. For example, the Pistons lose to the Raptors 108-98. The Raptors score 36 points to come back and win. For Detroit, Luke Kennard with 20 points. Reggie Jackson almost had a double-double. 16-9 and dimes. Pistons wrap up their season in Chicago Wednesday at United Center with the Bulls. Now for the main purpose of tonight's episode here. Got another special report. This one yet also regarding the sexual assault investigation at Michigan State University. Three, another lawsuit reported by a rape woman who was raped in 2015 by three unnamed Michigan State basketball players. And that woman appeared to be a student, a young woman. One week, according to Chris Solaria, the Detroit, Chris Solaria, the Detroit Free Press, one week after the Final Four loss to Duke and the university coerced the woman not to report to authorities, according to Federal Lawsuit Monday. The case, which was filed in U.S. District Court for... This is another example of cowardliness by, by the entire University of Michigan State coercing the woman not to report to authorities. That university can fuck off. The case which was filed in U.S. District Court for the Western District of Michigan Southern Division alleges three unnamed players identified only as John Doe, 1, 2, and 3, took the 18-year-old student Jane Doe home from an East Lansing bar between the evening of April 11, 2015 and the morning of April 12th, one day from my birthday. And I turned 34 this Friday, by the way. The woman never reported the alleged sexual assault to police, said Karen Truskowski, the woman's attorney. But according to the lawsuit, the woman did report the incident to a counselor at the Michigan Michigan State University Counseling Center, which she claims failed to properly advise her and even implied it would not be in her best interest to report the incident to law enforcement. According to you, According to MSU's policy on relationship violence and sexual misconduct, counselors generally generally are not permitted to report allegations of rape or relationship violence to the Title IX office or police. Boskowski said, quote, I think the complaint kind of speaks for itself, unquote, declining further comment. It wasn't immediately clear Monday whether MSU men's basketball coach Tom Izzo or anyone in the MSU athletic department was notified about the allegations. 
the suit is the latest black eye for a university and a basketball program under fire for its handling of allegations of sexual assault and violent acts against women. It's also the third allegation of multiple MSU basketball players raping a woman since 2010. That includes Travis Walton. Only one of those incidents were reported to police. In 2015, the Federal Office for Civil Rights determined MSU's handling of some Title IX cases had created a hostile environment for individuals who complain about relationship violence or sexual misconduct and found there was confusion in MSU's athletic department about who should report sexual assault claims to the, to the university's investigation office. Emily Garrett, MSU's vice president and university spokesperson, said Monday the university does not comment on pending litigation. A message from a message for the MSU athletic department was not immediately returned. The woman who remains a student at MSU, alleges she was at Harper's Bar when the Spartans basketball team arrived after midnight. One of the players offered to buy her a drink and asked whether she would like to meet the other guys from the team. The woman, who was a sports journalism major, alleges one of the players then invited her to a party at an apartment, and one player lied and told the woman her roommate was on her way to the party. The lawsuit says the woman was having a difficult time holding her glass, though she said she did not have a lot to drink. She then accepted a ride to the party from two players. The party was the party was at one of their off-campus apartments, by the way, and there was no party, and her roommate was not there. The lawsuit alleges the woman was feeling discombobulated and tried to send a text but could not control her thumbs and believed she may have been drugged. Then the first player allegedly pulled her into a bedroom and told her, quote, you are mine for the night, unquote. After the woman asked for water and to see basketball memorabilia, the second player then took her to another room where the lights went out. According to the lawsuit, the woman said she was forcefully thrown face down onto the bed and held and held so she could not move while the second player raped her from behind. The woman was crying and the woman was crying and could not speak, her lawsuit claims, and she did not consent to the activity. The lawsuit alleges the first player and, and a third player took turns raping her after the second player finished. The woman claims she does not remember anything until waking up on a couch a few a few hours later, then called a taxi back to her dorm. There, her there her roommate told her she did not know about a party. The woman reported the rape to a counselor at the Michigan State University Counseling Center on April 20, 2015 and completed an initial intake and assessment when she, when she disclosed to the counselor that the three men who allegedly raped her were MSU basketball players, the female counselor's demeanor reportedly changed and she told the alleged victim she needed another person in the room with them. According to the lawsuit, it was not clear 
who the additional person was or why they were brought into the room. It was not immediately clear Monday whether bringing the extra person into the room violated federal health and wellness privacy laws. According to the lawsuit, the MSU Counseling Center staffers then made it clear to the plaintiff that if she chose to notify the police, she faced an uphill battle that would create anxiety and unwanted media attention and and publicity as as had happened with many other female students who were sexually assaulted by well-known athletes. More cowardly, you can tell more cowardliness from from departments of Michigan State University. The staff members, per the court filing, then advised the woman they had seen a lot of staff, seen a lot of these cases with guys with guys with big names, and the best thing to do is just get yourself better, implying to the woman it would not be it would not be in her best in her best interest to report the incident to law enforcement, which is actually a fucking lie. May I add? The woman's suit claims she was not advised to have a to have a physical exam, seek medical treatment, or have STD or pregnancy tests. But she wasn't advised not to, thankfully. It also alleges she was not notified of her federal Title IX rights, protections, and accommodations, which is a tragedy. The lawsuit alleges, quote, plaintiff was expressively told by MSUCC, the counseling center, staff that if you pursue this, you are going to be swimming with some really big fish, unquote. The lawsuit says the woman, the lawsuit, the lawsuit says the woman then became frightened and did not report the alleged rape to either police or MSU's Office of Institutional Equity. She also did not file a no-contact order and claimed she was not advised by the university's counselors of that option. According to the lawsuit, the woman in October 2015 had become so traumatized, depressed, and withdrawn to the point that she was admitted to the Sparrow Hospital outpatient psychiatric day program for intensive psychiatric treatment. She withdrew from classes that semester, and according to that lawsuit, according to the lawsuit, explained to the explained to university officials she had been raped and was suffering from the trauma. The lawsuit adds the university did not offer offer the woman academic assistance and was not referred to the Title IX office. The woman resumed classes in January 2016 and changed her, and changed her minor and changed her major. She sought private psychiatric care in February 2016 and remains on prescribed medication, according to the lawsuit. Michigan State has been under intense scrutiny for its handling of Title IX cases and violent acts against women, including its suppression of some Larry Nassar's victims. But the issues have extended past Nassar, the disgraced former MSU sports medicine doctor who abused victims under the guise of medical treatment. A free press investigation in January found three unreported sexual assault allegations in MSU's football program. Yep, there's all the history there. So 
Corley King Advance, Walton, Adrian Payne, Keith Appling, Brock Washington, and Mark, Hall- Mark Hollis resigning. And that's the end of it. So the last five paragraphs are all just historic, but they will they will never be erased. And this this now has been added. So make it six. It's gonna, it's just going to continue to keep piling up. That's why our post game episodes purpose. That's the purpose of our post game editions, especially our four. Michigan State University is about to get even an even more piled up legal trouble. So, Ed Smith will join me on the midweek edition on Spreaker. Thursday night at midnight. So that's all the Michigan Sports Truth material for tonight. For me, that. Now it's time for Louis Tenor's National Sports Report. Louis, take it away. You got it, Taylor. All right. As we come down to the end of the NBA regular season, I think I'll start here tonight. So we lead off with the Cavaliers being the Knicks, of course. 123-109. Some guy named LeBron had 26 points, 11 assists, 6 rebounds. By the way, it's being sarcastic about that. And Michael Bradley, beastly, had 20 points, 4 rebounds, and Three assists. Moving down along here, the Raptors over the Pistons, 108-98. Jonas had 26 points and nine rebounds. Luke Kennard used the force with 20 points, seven rebounds, and two assists. I had to say that. Surprise, surprise, in the battle of the basement, uh, the Nets beat the Bulls, 114-105. Cameron Payne, 15 points. Six assists, three rebounds, and Alan Crab, uh, Crabby, 41 points, five rebounds, four assists. Ooh, 41 points. Nice. Thunder over the Heat, 115 to 93. Westbrook hits another triple double, 23 points, 18 rebounds, 13 assists. And Hassan Whiteside, a former senior Hall product, 16 points, eight rebounds, one assist. I thought it's around for the local people. Bucks over the Magic, or as I just say, the Tragic, 102 to 86. Uh, Nikolai Vernick had 17 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. 
Eric Bledsoe, or I'd like to say Bozo, had a triple-double of his own, 20 points, 12 rebounds, and 11 assists. Wolves over the Grizzlies, 113-94. Ben McLemore had 18 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist. Carl Anthony Towns, 24 points, 18 rebounds, and 2 assists. Very impressive. Uh, 10.38 to go in the fourth. The Kings lead the Spurs 67-66. Willie Cauley-Stein had 20 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. Bill Marcus Aldridge had 11 points, 10 rebounds, and 1 assist. At the half, the Blazers lead the Nuggets 49-42. Yusuf Newkirk had 11 points, 11 rebounds, 1 assist, while Nikolai Jilic has 8 rebounds, 6 points, and 7 assists. Modest. And coming up in about, oh, 15 minutes or so, the Pelicans will take on the Clippers. Your players to watch are, of course, Anthony Davis and Tobias Harris. All right, so as we're getting really down, let's check those standings, although I'm sure that uh, most of the playoff matchups have been set, but eh, what the heck. And, of course, don't worry, we'll get to baseball, and I will have uh, hockey hockey news as well. So we read this way. Okay, there we go. And the standings read like this. Leading off in the east, Toronto, which is a sure uh, fire number one seed now, has is now 59 and 22, four and a half over the Celtics at 54 and 26. The the Sixers are 50 and 30 and on a, are on an incredible run right now. 14 in a row. Oof. Cavaliers, 50 and 31, nine back. Uh, by the way, Philly is still eight and a half back. Pacers are 48 and 33 at 11 back. The Bucks are 44 and 47, 15 back. At 16 back are the Heat at 43 and 38, and the Wizards are 42 and 38. 16 and a half back, and all eight spots of the Eastern Conference are now filled. All the rest have been eliminated, starting with the Pistons at 38 and 43, at 21 back. Hornets are 35 and 46, 24 back. At 31 back are the Knicks and the Nets at 28 and 53 each. Oh boy. Bulls are 27 and 54, 32 back, and 35 back are the Hawks and the Tragic, or rather you can say the Magic, 24 and 57 at 35 games back. Wow. Ugly. In the West, only five spots are filled up. There's still three that are still left for contention in the West, and it goes like this. The Rockets are 44 and 16, uh, 64 and 16, Six and a half ahead of the Warriors at 58-23. Further down the list are the Blazers at 48-32, 16 back. At 17 back are the Jazz at 47-33. and 17 and a half back are the Thunder at 47-34. and 34. Pelicans and Spurs are 46-34, 18 back. And the Wolves are 46-35, 18 and a half back. Well, the Spurs have jumped all the way down to seventh. This is getting really, this is getting really dangerous. 
And final playoff spot in the West are the Nuggets at 45 and 35. So it's going to be tight between the Wolves and the Nuggets as we go into the last two days. Now two and a half. All the rest are eliminated as the Clippers are 42 and 38, respectable. Clippers 34 and 46, 30 back. Uh, Clippers are 22 back, by the way. Kings are 38 back at 26 and 54. Yuck. 40 and a half back are the Mavericks at 24 and 57. The Grizzlies are 42 and a half back at 22 and 59. And the Suns are 44 and a half back at 20 and 61. Just embarrassing. All right. Uh, there are games left on the schedule for uh, tomorrow, if you can believe that. So we run it down like this. For your April 10th, games are as follows. Starting with your 7 o'clock game, the Hornets take on the Pacers. 7.30, the Sixers take on the Hawks. A mismatch if I ever saw one. 8 o'clock, the Celtics take on the Wizards. 8.30, Suns take on the Mavericks. There's a loser matchup. 9 o'clock, the Warriors take on the Jazz. And at 10.30, the Rockets take on the Lakers. Ah, well. All right. So now we'll go to the baseball diamond before we go to the NHL because I got these schedules all, all ready to go. So let's go to the ballpark. <laughs> and we read it like this. All right. Indians uh, took care of the Tigers 2 nothing. Fuber got the win, Lorena got the loss, and Miller got the save. I get his Miller time. Oof. Brewers and Cardinals are deadlocked in a 4-4 tie in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, no one on, no one out, and the count is 3-2 on Wong as Hader is, is, at, is pitching. Blue Jays over the Orioles, 7-1. Hap got the win, and Bundy got the loss. I'm just glad the Orioles lost. They took us three out of four this week. Yeah. Nationals uh, shot the Braves two to nothing. Scherzer got the win, and Taron got the loss. Bottom of the six, the Phillies are leading the Reds six to five. Hughes is pitching, and Franco is at bat, and there's one on, nobody out. This Jets win the final. The Mets did it again, being the Marlins 4-2. Snyder got, got the win. Urania got the loss, and Familia once again got the save. All of a sudden, this guy's Marion Rivera. All right, bottom of the sixth, the Angels lead the Rangers 5-1. Uh, with the runner on second, and nobody out. Ramirez is pitching, and Rua is at bat. Bottom of the sixth, the... Astros lead the Twins one nothing, but there's first and there's runs on first and third and nobody out. Verlander is pitching and Maurer is at bat. Well, well played, Maurer. Top of the seventh, uh, it looks to be a no-brainer. Ooh, look at this. Royals are leading the Mariners nine nothing, and Juris is uh, pitching a no-hitter right now. And Logan Badge is at bat. Uh, when I, I may have to tune to MLB to see how this game is going because uh, you never know what a no-hitter or a perfect game might be intact. Woo-hoo. 
The uh, Rays edged the White Sox 5-4. to four. Archer got the win. Gonzalez got the loss. And Colomb got the save. The in top of the seventh, we got a real uh, we got a real pitchers duel here. Uh, the Padres over the Rockies right now seven to six. <laughs> yeah, that's some pitchers duel, all right? <laughs> he says sarcastically. Steve actually in the Giants right now, two nothing. Godley is pitching and Belt is at bat with one eye and nobody out. And the Pirates and Cubs are postponed because I heard that it was snowing in Chicago. That's right, folks. April April 9th, and we're getting snow. And my Big Mouth ruined it again because the Mariners just got a hit. Mr. Big Mouth strikes again. Oh, dear. Why do I always goof that up? All right, so now we'll go to the standings, even though it's still early in the season. But, hey, why not? All right. And your standings go so far. Like this. Leading off in the American League East. I'm not happy camp right now as the Celtics, I mean the Bruins, Red Sox, are 8-1 and one right now. Yuck. And have a two-game lead over the Blue Jays at 7-4. Yankees are three and a half back at 5-5. Five and five. Don't panic, folks. It's still early in the season. Orioles are five back at four and seven, and the Rays two and eight at six and a half back. Might be a long season in May Park again, folks. All right, Central Division: the Twins are four and three, Indians are five and five at a half game back. Indians are four and Detroit is four and five at one back, and two back are the White Sox at three and six. And the Royals are two and five at two back. Looks to be a close in division. In the West, the Astros are right where they left off from last season. They're eight and two right now. A game ahead of the Angels at seven and three. The Mariners are two and a half back at four and three. And at four and a half back are the Rangers and the Athletics at four and seven. Mm. So far. Well, it's early, folks. I'm not worried. Mets are now eight and one. Have a two and a half game lead over the Braves at six and four. Nationals are three and a half at five and five. Phillies are four and a half back at three and five, and the Marlins are five and a half at three and seven. Whew. Central Division: Pirates are seven and three. Have a two game lead over the Cubs at five and four. Brewers are five and five, two and a half back. At three back are the Cardinals at four and five, and the Reds are two and six at four and five. In the West, the D-backs are seven and two, have a two and a half game lead over the Rockies at five and five, and the Giants at four and four, also two and a half back. Dodgers are four back at three and six, Oof. and the Padres are two and eight at five and a half back. Dodgers seem to be struggling from that World Series loss last year. Well, I'm not surprised. Sometimes that does happen. You suffer a bitter loss in the World Series, and you just lose focus in the next year. Yeah, that does happen, folks. What can I say? All right, so we'll check now tomorrow's schedule, and we read like this. 
And we have uh, two day games, and they both fall Chicago. What a surprise. As the Rays will take on the White Sox at 2.10, and at 2.20, the Pirates take on the Cubs. Still doing those old-time day games, huh? All right, 6.10. Tigers take on the Indians. 7 o'clock, the Yankees take on the Red Sox. Yuck. 7.05, the Blue Jays take on the Orioles in the Battle of the Birds. Also 7.05, the Braves take on the Nationals, and the Reds take on the Phillies. 7.10, the Mets take on the Marlins. 8.05, the Angels take on the Rangers. 8.10, the Astros take on the Twins, which are also doing very well this year. A couple of 8.15 games, the Brewers take on the Cardinals. The Mariners take on the Royals. Later on, 8.40. It's a weird time to start a game. Padres take on the Rockies. Oh, that's why. 10-10, the Athletics take on the Dodgers. And at 10-15, the Diamondbacks take on the Giants. And I take care of that. All right, so now we'll go to the NHL. As, as we said, I have the schedules uh, listed for the upcoming playoff games. Well, I have the I have the matchups all set up, so I thought I'd run them down. And we read it like this. Okay, leading off, I have the Tampa Bay Lightning, which finished number one in the Atlantic Division against the New Jersey Devils. They're the second spot in the wild card, and their series begins on Thursday. And the the good news is, though, the Devils lead the season series three games to none, three zero and zero. So that could be an advantage. That that could be an advantage anyway for the Devils, even though they're only in the second wild card spot. We'll see. The Boston Bruins, number two in the Atlantic, will face number three in the Atlantic, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs lead the series three one and zero in regular season play. Okay, now here's the big matchup that I'm looking forward to. The Capitals, which were, mem- which were number one in the Metro Division, faced the Columbus Blue Jackets, which were the number one wild card. The Capitals lead the season series 3-1-0. and oh. The Penguins, which were number two in the Metro, will face the Philadelphia Flyers, number three in the Metro. The Penguins took all four games in the season series. Now, in the Western Conference, the Nashville Predators, which were number one in the Central, will face the number two in the wild card, Colorado Avalanche. The Predators took this series, season series four games, 4-0-0. Wow. Winnipeg, the Central number two versus the Central number three, the Minnesota Wild. Jets lead that series 3-1, 3-1-0. The number one Vegas Golden Knights of the Pacific faces the number one wildcard Kings in their matchups. Series uh, season guy two games apiece. The number two Pacific Anaheim Ducks face the number three Pacific San Jose Sharks. Sharks lead that season series three zero and one. And those are your matchups for the first round of the NHL playoffs. 
Playoffs begin, of course, on Wednesday. And there was one series last night, which which went something for one team, but for another, not at all. All right. Um, also, I have some other NHL news here that might pose of uh, some interest uh, as for next season. The NHL will move up its all-star skills competition game in 2019 uh, next season. After years of holding the skills competition on Saturday night and the all-star game on Sunday, the NHL is moving each event up a day for the 2019 weekend hosted by the San Jose Sharks. The skills competition will take place on Friday, January 25th, and the game itself will take uh, will be on January 26th at the SAP Center. That's interesting. The league announced the uh, change today. It is uncertain if the All-Star game will still take with the format of three-on-three tournament as it has the past two seasons. The three-on-three tournament was negotiated beginning in 2017, for a five-day bye weeks for each team. San Jose is hosting the NHL weekend for the first time in 22 years. The last time was in 1997. I was a lot younger back then. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, I have some other interesting news here. In the basketball department, sources say Gary Nutt, Gary Harris is set to return to the Nuggets after a 11-game absence with from a right knee sprain. He is likely to return to lamp against the Portland Trailblazers, which is going on right now. The Nuggets have upgraded Harris to questionable on the team's injury report. Denver has two games left against the Blazers and the Wolves and needs a victory, at least one victory, to clinch a playoff spot. The Nuggets have won six straight games and eight of the last 11 in a sprinted push for that last playoff spot in the West. Harris had a breakout season for the Nuggets with an average of 17.7 points, including 48.6% from the floor, 40% from a three-point range. But Harris was injured back on March 15th, and that might have put a damper. But hey, if they can still pull this off, good luck. All right. Uh, other news here concerning um, basketball. The Cavaliers will sign 13-year NBA veteran Kendrick Perkins with their final roster spot for the playoffs. League sources have told ESPN. The story reads, Cleveland will... Signed Perkins uh, Wednesday, the final day of the regular season, just as it did in 2016 when guard Dante Jones was added, and the 20, in 2017 when both Jones and Edie Havers were added for the Cavaliers' playoff run. Perkins was a member of the Cavs, team that made the 2015 finals, and was back with them for a training camp this fall before being released during the preseason. He did play part of the season for the Canton Charge. That's the D-League affiliate of the Cleveland Cavaliers. The G-League affiliate of the Cavaliers. Perkins uh, did win a championship with the Celtics back in 2008. I remember that all too well. And was part of three other final teams 
in Boston, Oklahoma City, and Cleveland. His last NBA action came during the 2015-2016 season when he averaged 2.8 points and 3.5 rebounds for the Pelicans in 37 games. Not that impressive at all. Cavaliers are adding Perkins uh, room for more for the veteran leadership he can provide to the Cavaliers locker room and less for his on-the-court contributions, league sources also told ESPN. So we'll we'll see how that works. Uh, More news here to mention. Uh, Boston uh, Red Sox do get one bad break this evening, although it's not even um, that serious, as their shortstop, Alexander Bogarts, is going on the 10-day disabled list because of a cracked bone in his left ankle. Uh, the Red Sox say an MRI confirmed the injury today, a day after he was hurt. The injury is a non-displaced fracture and won't require any surgery, just expected to miss 10 to 14 days. Oh, too bad. Uh, Bogarts was a 2016 All-Star, left Sunday's game over the Rays in the seventh inning after injuring his ankle while sliding to the Rays' dugout. He was covering third, third base, and chasing his own mishandling of a ball relayed by left-hander, left fielder J.D. Martinez. Uh, Boston won that game, by the way, 8-7. to seven. Just my rotten luck. Boston says it will recall infielder uh, Wee Lin Therese Wee, Wee Lin from AAA Pawtucket in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. In addition, left-hander Drew Pomeroy's injury rehabilitation assignment is being transferred from Pawtucket to AA Portland that's Portland, Maine as he comes Back from a left forearm flexor strain. Not even two weeks into the season, and we're getting all these injuries already. I know baseball is a rough, is a rough physical game, but I mean, really, have these injuries, you know, up in the season. Oh, by the way, uh, I know it's early, but I know a lot of you are jumping on Giancarlo Stanton already. You know, like. Oh, he's had some rough games. Oh, he struck out five times his opening game. He struck out another uh, multiple times in yesterday's game. He doesn't have it. What a waste of time. You know what? It's 10, 11 games in the season. There's a long way to go. So if you're not a Yankee fan, a true Yankee fan, just shut up. I mean, really. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. The bodyguard of Floyd Mayweather was shot early this morning as a group of three cars that included... Uh, the boxing champion were traveling to a hotel in Atlanta, that according to the Atlanta Police Department. The police department said in a news release that police said Mayweather was with the vehicles, however, was not in the car uh, that was shot and he suffered no injuries. Investigators say they were looking to confirm that the shooter was targeting the vehicle. It does not appear to be a random shooting, and the shooter was targeting the victims. Atlanta police spokesman Donald Hanna reported the body reported in the the Atlanta Constitution. The bodyguard, whose name is Gregory La Rosa, was 
treated at the Atlanta Hospital for a leg injury wound and then was released. So he'll be okay. And of course, there are there's a joke from my uh, partner saying that it was McGregor, but I'm sure he just meant that, you know, we know that wasn't happening. All right, so we continue on down the road here. NFL Defensive Player of the Year, Kalani Mack, was a no-show at today's off-season workout program. Uh, confirmed by sources, Mack misses out on meeting with Coach John Gruden for the first time. The absence was first reported by the NFL Network. The workouts with Gruden would rely mostly on strength and conditioning aside and are voluntary. Mack is awaiting a contract extension as he's entering the final year of his rookie deal. He was the number five overall draft pick in 2014 and is expected to get a massive contract deal. Raiders general manager Reggie, Reggie McKenzie jokingly asked about a reporter at the owner's meeting, hey, if he, if he had a spare $100 million to pay back Mac. Mac did, however, attend workouts in the past. Got $100 million to spare? No. Oh, boy. $100 million, though. Okay, um, New York Giants cornerback Landon Collins has sort of buried the hatchet with teammate Eli Apple, who was not really the apple of his eye, after Collins called him a cancer during last season. Apple has had trouble with teammates and coaches in the past year, both on and off the field, but the former first-round draft pick remained on the roster after ending last year after being suspended and was told to stay away from the team. The Giants are coming off their worst season in franchise history with a record of 3-13. and And that doesn't hold over very well in New York. Because you know how we hate to lose. As expected, the Hornets uh, named Mitch uh, Kopak as the new team president and general manager. The announcement was made last night. Uh, his previous experience was as the Lakers general manager and won four championships. He replaces ex-general manager Richard Chu, whose contract was not renewed at the end of last season. Okay, Blackhawks uh, forward Patrick Sharp uh, retires after a 15-year career. He played his last game on Saturday night against the Jets, a team where he got his first start from, as he also was a native of Winnipeg, Canada. Um, and also for his first four seasons. Sharp has won three titles with the Blackhawks from 2010, 2010, 2013, and 2015. And he will be missed. And he they could have really used his help this year, too. Packers wide receiver Trevor Davis was arrested and charged with making criminal threats at the LAX airport after joking about a bomb at the airport. Public Information Officer Rob Hennigrun told ESPN Today that Davis was taken into custody and released. Davis now faces a court hearing on May 3rd. Davis checked in at the ticket counter and was asked, the usual questions, if it's carrying weapons, knives, explosives, etc., etc. He turned to his female companion and said in a joking manner, did you remember to pack the explosives? At that moment, he was then taken into custody and booked. The Packers are monitoring the 
situation, but I have no further comment at this time. In this day and age, even a joking matter like that is not all that humorous to anybody, because that can be because you never know if they actually mean that. So you really have to watch what you say in this day and age. To know better than that, people. Okay, well, following a lackluster performance at the Masters, Tiger Woods says, well, it's time to take a breather from the game. Woods uh, finished one over par and finished with a 69 yesterday. Uh, this was his first Masters tournament in three years, and this is his sixth tournament uh, this season since coming back from spinal surgery. And um, congratu- uh, congratulations on that. He has really made you know something of his comeback this year. So I don't know if this is going to mean he's going to qualify, though, for the U.S. Open. Well, we'll see. Warriors coach Steve Kerr says that the team needs to get back to being top defensive-wise. This said uh, four days after slamming his team after a blowout loss to the Pacers. He said, perhaps I chose my words very poorly, saying that we did not care. That did not mean that we did not care. What it meant was that they did not play at a high level. But when you say someone that does not care, that can be described as questioning their character. I agree with that. Kerr said that he that he chose his words poorly, but I'm trying to remind my players, in order to win these playoffs, we have to get back at a higher uh, level of play. For much of the season, I think we have. But in the last eight, nine games, we have not been... We have not been who we thought we should be. The other team was thought they were who they thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that simple. You can like you can flip a switch, and that's why I snapped. But you guys know me better than that. I usually break two chalkboards a year, and will go off half ape at least once. So now my quota is used up. <laughs> yeah, now, we all lose our temper sometimes. Doesn't mean, you know, to say we don't care because that's not exactly true. All right. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton has off to a poor start after the conclusion of his first homestand at Yankee Stadium. Finishing 3 for 28 and batting 107 and struck out 16 times overall. And the crowd was not pleased. Stanton added the season lasts longer than a week. A few good games, and I can turn this around. Stanton's teammate Aaron Judge was thinking along the same lines. He also said, it's all about making adjustments. And Stanton is a great hitter. And come on, and by coming by August, this will all be forgotten. I totally agree. You know, sometimes players who um, haven't played on a team for very long, you know, they're not used to the flow of the team. And coming up from the National League to the American League, it's a little bit different. But to say that, oh, that Stanton completely sucks... Uh, no, I'm not buying this. I'm sure that they're going to get their act together before we even hit the month of May. Uh, for you racing fans out there, Kyle Busch yesterday won the Monster Energy race. And, of course, um, sad note here, as the vigil was held with the victims in Western Canada from the bus crash that killed 10 members of the junior hockey team that were among the dead on Friday. Uh, get choked up here on that. In that final NHL regular season game yesterday, the Panthers were over the Bruins 4-2. to 
in a game that did not matter because the Bruins are going to the playoffs and the Panthers are not. So, but go ahead. Atlantic Division. Yeah, but that was actually a makeup game because that game was postponed due to snow back earlier in the year. I was wondering why there was only one game yesterday. Like, now I know. I was right all along. But it snowed. Okay, just a few more notes here. Um, Wizards forward Markeith Morris was fined $15,000 for making comments at an official in Friday night's, uh, Friday night's game. Morris made the comments after an ejection in the first quarter in Friday night's game versus the Hawks. This was his 13th technical of the year. And he got, got a quick injection. And he also didn't leave the court right away after being ejected. So that's what led to the $15,000 fine. Two words about that, bad reputation. Patrick Reed held off uh, Jordan Spieth by one stroke to win the Committee Masters Tournament. That gives him his first ever career major. So congratulations on that. Yeah. All right, former... Raiders and 49ers linebacker Alden Smith was being held on a half a million dollars bail as he was arrested for the third time in less than two months for violating a protective order. That was issued when he it was arranged on March 12th for his original domestic violence incident stemming from a March 3rd incident when his fiance, uh, with his fiance, he turned himself in on the charges on March 23rd, but failed to show up for a court appearance two weeks ago before appearing on Thursday. He was ordered to wear an ankle monitor that monitors alcohol through his sweat. Smith was booked for violating a condition for his electronic monitoring. Three times you get arrested for the same thing, I'd say, you know what, you dump him. Dump him. Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Reported to the off-season workout program, the troubled wide receiver told ESPN's Justine Anderson, Beckham was scheduled to fly back from L.A. to New Jersey yesterday to work out at the Quest Diagnostic Center as early as yesterday to check in and work out in the gym. The hope is to lead hopefully more serious talks for contract negotiations in the near future. After the Giants left the door open two weeks ago at the NFL meetings in Orlando, Florida. So we'll see how it goes. Former boxing champ Floyd Mayweather says if he comes out of retirement, it would be exclusively to fight for UFC. Mayweather mentioned this to Showtime's Jim Gray uh, while promoting a televised triple header ringside at the joint. Mayweather said, if I come back, it would be at the Octagon. He spoke with uh, with his team as well as advisor Al Heyman. He also spoke with Showtime and CBS and quoted, if I come back, I want both both networks would have to be involved. Mayweather did not say he would fight, but of course he is interested in fighting McGregor again. Hmm. But be careful, he might throw a dollar at you or something. Oh, oh. had to do it. Okay, uh, last but not least, Johnny, what's his name? Uh, Johnny Manziel, that is. 
throws a football game for the first time in two years, and even threw a touchdown, but was also sacked three times in the developmental spring league. The league describes itself as a developmental league that provides opportunities for players who are not on NFL rosters at the present moment, but hope to be in the near future. Uh, Manziel completed his first seven passes and finished with nine completions in 15 attempts for 82 yards. He was frustrated with the sloppy nature of the game, but was just happy to get back onto the field. The question is, is anybody going to want him? I don't know. Is it even worth it? You know, some people might think he is. Some people might think he's not. All right, so just to uh, recap uh, the scores here. Ooh, we have a final here. The Brewers finished the Cardinals 5-4 in 10 innings. Albers got the win, and Holland got the loss. That's a final. Uh, this is now officially a final. The Phillies hold off the Reds, 6-5 and 10. Garcia got the win. Quackenbush. Got the loss, Quackenbush. Oh boy. And Knurls got the save. <sighs> Quackenbush, okay. All right, Angels lead the Rangers now 5 2, top of the eighth. Bases are loaded. Dykeman is pitching, and Malando is at bat. Top eight, Astros still lead the Twins 2 to nothing with a runner in second and one out. Reed is pitching, and McCain is at bat. Well, the seventh, the Royals are shellacking the Mariners ten to nothing. One out, nobody out. Bradford is pitching, and Jay is batting, and Bradford, which is he was not pitching, ten to nothing. Ugh. Top of the eighth, the Padres lead the Rockies seven to six with the runner on first and nobody out. Shaw is pitching, and Margot is at bat. Bottom of the third, the D-backs are leading the Giants now 2 to nothing, One out, nobody on. Godley is pitching, and Blanco is at bat. The, and all the rest are a final. Yes, yeah, so as there are no late games in MLB tonight. So now we'll just check with the NBA, as there are a few late games or so. And you do like this. Just to clarify on any other news here. All right, and we have uh, this is down to John Final. The Wolves over the Grizzlies, 113 to 94. Well, Macklemore finishes with 18 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist. The Spurs over the Kings, 98 85. Willie Coyne Stein has 25 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists. Milo Ginobili, 17 points, 6 rebounds, and 5 assists. Uh, Ginobili still got it. And there are two games that are going on right now. Uh, right now, the Pelicans are beating up on the Clippers, 29-15. Uh, Moore right now has 8 points and 1 rebound. DeAndre Jordan has 6 rebounds, 5 points, and 2 assists. 2.47 to go in the first. And in the fourth quarter right now, the Nuggets are uh, holding on to a 73-71 lead over the Blazers. Uh, Newkirk New is 15 points, 15 rebounds, and one assist. And Joek is now 14 rebounds, 10 rebounds, and 14 minutes, 10 points, and 10 assists. Already a triple-double. 
Okay, so that concludes my notes for this evening. I'll hand it back over to you. That's episode 468 of the post game for Lewis and I'm Taylor Phillips. Follow me on Twitter at DT2Phillips. Follow Michigan Sports Truth on Twitter at Michigan underscore Truth. And like and share the Facebook page, TTFN. Ta-ta for now. Bon appetit. Long for now, folks.